Well, good evening, everyone. How is it going out there? Good, good. Well, welcome to uh, summer session number two. Who was here last week? Okay, good. It's good to see you back. Last week, uh, Garrett uh, covered the gospel-centered family. Tonight, uh, we're going to take a look at the gospel-centered marriage. Next week, Pastor John will discuss gospel-centered parenting. So, hope you can return again next week and the week after. Anybody know? What's the week after you, John? Do do we know? We're making it up. Kevin. Kevin's got something special. Pastor Kevin? Haven't seen him for a while. Okay. He'll be back. That's awesome. All right. So, you don't want to miss that. So if you came last week, you sort of know what to expect, how these evenings go, how we formatted these sessions. First, I'm going to share a few things uh, about marriage from the scriptures. Uh, Then I'm going to invite a few couples to come up and form a a little panel up here so you can hear some things from their marriages. And then um, along the way, we'll have a few uh, short video clips uh, to hear from some respected Bible teachers and uh, others um, about marriage. So um, will you pray with me? Let's pray and uh, we'll, we'll get this thing launched. Father, we do uh, ask that you would bless our time in your word, our time discussing marriage, gospel-centered marriage, and the meaning of marriage. Lord, what you uh, have intended as a purpose for marriage. And so um, we ask that you'd open our hearts and speak to us uh, from your word, by your spirit. Teach us tonight and uh, help us to lift up our eyes, Lord, to higher heights to see uh, what marriage is all about and, again, what you intended. So that's our prayer, and we ask uh, it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So two first graders were discussing marriage after Sunday school, and one boy, knowing his friend's dad was the pastor, asked him, how many times should we get married? And the pastor's son said, I heard my dad say 16 times. And the other boy said, really? He said, yeah. I heard him say 16 times, four better, four worse, four richer, and four poorer. So how many of you have, uh, who are here and are married, or have been married, have... uh, have a record of your marriage vows. Anybody have a record of them? Either written down or videotaped? Okay. Okay, I think that is so cool. Because it's, I think it's a really good idea to get, those, get that out once in a while. <laughs> Remind yourself what you agreed to or, or what you promised, right? Those types of things, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. You know, those are uh, so important things to remember. And you don't hear those, that type of language in a lot of weddings these days. I was talking to somebody and they said, well, I don't get to a lot of weddings, but pastors get to more weddings, I suppose. But that type of covenant language, you don't always hear. Um, Anybody here write their own vows? Okay, brave souls. That's awesome. Well, here's a little video of a guy who he agreed to write his own vows, but he totally forgot and was in, in the, until the wedding ceremony, and he was expecting the pastor to simply say, repeat after me, oh, wedding vows. Do you ever wonder what Adam said to Eve? I mean, um, we know in 
Genesis 2, that when God brought Adam or brought Eve to Adam, he said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. But I wonder if, you know, you got to wonder if he said more than that, right? I'm, I'm assuming he did. It was probably more meaningful than wild thing. You know, I think I love you or something like that. But um, tonight I want to focus on God's purpose for marriage. We're going to take a look at why God instituted marriage and what is the meaning of marriage, what are its purposes, and how do we as Christian couples fulfill God's intended purpose. So I hope our view, as I was praying earlier, I hope our eyes will be lifted and our view of marriage will be elevated a bit tonight uh, to see it as a spiritual endeavor, to view our our marriage from an, an eternal perspective. John Piper wrote, Marriage is God's doing, it's God's design, and it's for God's glory. In Genesis 1, it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So God was the first father. Amen? He was the first father to give a bride away, and he brought Eve to Adam. He brought her to Adam, and he gave her to him. And then God established the design for this unique relationship. It says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Jesus said, what God has joined together, right? Let no man put asunder or let no man separate. So marriage, again, it's God's doing, it's God's design, and it's for God's glory. So if we took a survey tonight about why you got married, or if you're here and you want to get married, why you want to get married, we'd probably get a variety of answers, right? Why you want to get married. And there are some really good reasons. Um, We marry for different reasons. For love, hopefully, for love. We marry for companionship. We marry for security, uh, to raise a family. We get married for multiple reasons. But the question we want to raise tonight is, is there a higher purpose that God has in mind? For many, their primary motive to get married is related to their pursuit of happiness. And I don't think that's wrong, necessarily. Okay, that is an awesome message that I can highly recommend, by the way. It's on YouTube called Kingdom Marriage by Dr. Tony Evans. But his point is that marriage has a higher purpose than our happiness. What he calls God's primary reason for marriage, there's a kingdom purpose that transcends our desire for happiness. But marriage can bring a lot of happiness, right? Or at least it should. (laughs) We've been married for almost 37 years, and um, like many of you, we have enjoyed a lot of happiness. We've also had to work through some very difficult things because like you, we are two sinners who said, I do as the title of a good book. But the pursuit of happiness is not meant to be an end in itself, right? God has a higher purpose that transcends our pursuit of happiness. For his glory, a higher purpose for his glory, for his kingdom, and for our good. But not to, and not to the exclusion of any happiness. But a higher kingdom-related purpose that may not be our focus for marriage most of the time. In Malachi 2, um, marriage is described as a covenant. Some have described marriage as a covenant of companionship based upon Malachi chapter 2. 
Here's one definition. A marriage covenant is a divinely created bond between a man and a woman that is governed and blessed by God as they vow for life to abide by its terms and conditions regarding their roles and responsibilities, endeavoring to fulfill its purpose for God's glory and for their good. I know that was a mouthful. (laughs) But one place in the Bible that it spells this out for us more clearly than any other place, I think, is in Ephesians chapter 5. And you can turn there if you have your Bibles, but we're going to put it up on the screen. And I would like to read it, read it uh, before we go, go any farther. Uh, just read what it says, the description of this covenant, uh, this divinely created bond with its terms and conditions, our roles and responsibilities. And then uh, just want to read it and then we'll make some observations. So Ephesians 5, starting verse 22, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh." This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So again, marriage is a sacred covenant rooted in commitment, a commitment that stands against every storm as long as we both shall live. But also here you see in Ephesians 5, what we see is marriage is patterned after Christ's covenant and commitment to his church. So we can conclude that a primary purpose of the covenantal relationship of marriage is to be a visible display of Christ's covenant relationship with the church. In other words, as we are faithful to God's design for marriage, found here in Ephesians 5, marriage becomes a picture Marriage becomes a visible representation of the covenantal relationship that we are in with Jesus. A marriage that honors the covenant and God's design teaches us what God is like. A marriage that honors the covenant and and, um, God's design teaches us what God is like. It teaches us what love is and what love does. And how far love will go? The significance of a covenantal relationship? And it displays the commitment Jesus has made to you and I who belong to him. So in other words, we are declaring the truth of the gospel and the love and faithfulness of Christ by the way we live our lives. By the way we love our spouses. And how together we are serving the Lord. So here's a few uh, quotes about that I'd like to read. 
says, a happy and healthy marriage is not an end in itself, but the means, the condition, and the atmosphere by which our marriages are sanctified and useful for the Lord. Companionship, enjoyment, and fruitfulness are the blessings that come from the fulfilling of the, of the primary purpose of marriage, which is maintaining a Christ-honoring relationship. This visible representation of Christ is not only for our benefit, but for others also. Others see Christ in you as they observe how a husband and wife love each other and how together they serve others. Christ, who laid down his life for the church, is portrayed more fully when married couples are sacrificing for others in his name. And here's what I really want to focus on tonight. God has a combined purpose for every married couple. I believe that. There's an individual purpose, but there's also a shared marital purpose that fuses both purposes together for a greater mission. Biblical marriage provides a wonderful relationship, or excuse me, a wonderful opportunity to be on mission together. Christian couples can serve together and support one another in the use of their gifts, talents, and resources to fulfill the Lord's commission to go and make disciples. God brings two complementary, suitable individuals together to strengthen to make each other better, and to balance each other out for the service of his kingdom. Okay? A commonality of purpose. That's what we want to highlight tonight. God intended a shared purpose in marriage as you come together as two unique individuals. In the covenant of marriage, the two uniquenesses have come together for a commonality of purpose the more fully, that more fully represent Christ and his giving sacrificial love for us. We are declaring the truth of the gospel and the love and faithfulness of Christ by the way we live our lives, the way we love our spouse, and the way we serve others. John Piper, in his message called The True Purpose of Marriage, said the highest meaning and the most ultimate purpose of marriage is to put the covenant relationship of Christ and his church on display. Marriage is not mainly about being and staying in love. It's mainly about telling the truth with our lives. It's about portraying something true about Jesus Christ and the way he relates to his people. It's about showing in real life the glory of the gospel. So again, marriage is a sacred covenant that portrays, that pictures, that demonstrates, helps us understand, and is meant to show the world what God is like, what kind of relationship Christ has with those who belong to him. He loves them. He laid down his life for them. He will always be faithful. He will never leave them or forsake them. And they will be with them for all eternity. Amen? And it's through a husband and a wife's love for each other and for others that God uses them with a commonality of purpose to invite others into this covenantal relationship and the family of God. So marriage is meant to be missional. In that respect, again, it it can be a spiritual endeavor. There's a kingdom purpose, a gospel-centered marriage. It leads husband and wives to serving often in the same ministries as unique individuals with their different gifts and talents. So I've asked three couples to come up and share their ministry experience with us as couples. So now's the time, guys. Would you welcome Lowell and Cheryl Burrier, Dusty and Charlene Wilson, and Phil and Emily Paul to the stage? Well, welcome. Thank you guys for coming. We really appreciate that. And so, 
Um, we've had little chats off to the side about uh, this evening and um, some things that we'd like to hear from you, from each one of your marriages. So um, I promised them I wouldn't blindside them with any weird questions. But with, I thought we'd just take it one couple at a time and one question at a time and just go around. So um, why don't we start with you guys, Dusty and Charlene. Uh, tell us how long you've been married and, and maybe a, a brief description of your family. We've been married for 7,074 days. <laughs> is, there, is there another mic? Do we have three? Okay, maybe you can help us. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, and then we've got, um, we have three children. Uh, Melissa, who is 17, Faith, who is 15, and Dustin, who is 13. Okay. And you were married how long again? 7,074 days. What is that in, uh, in um, 19 years. metrics? 19 years. Okay. And how long have you been coming here? I know that's not a question, but... Uh, 18. 6,517 <laughs> Charlene, we're so glad you're here for the interpretation. That's my job. Okay. Okay, Phil and Emily. Um, so Emily and I, we've been married for 13 years. I didn't convert it today, so... Um, but 13 years, um, we've been coming to Calvary pretty much since we've been married. So I think about 12, pushing 13 years. Um, we have a four-year-old, uh, four-and-a-half-year-old son named Willis and a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, uh, Maisie. Okay, great. Lowell and Cheryl. Cheryl and I have been married 24 years, going on 25, February 12th. Mm -hmm. uh, I came into the marriage with three teenage sons. And Cheryl had three adult children, two sons, and a daughter. That's fine. <laughs> Is she like, I did? No. <laughs> okay. We, we have lost uh, one son, Cheryl's son. Okay. All right. Okay, another question uh, that we'd like to hear from you is... Um, to describe, you, they, these couples have served in various ministries over uh, many years. Um, I know that about them. They've served in ministries uh, separate from each other as well as ministries together. Is that correct? Right. And so you've had some time to um, observe each other in ministry. And so I thought it'd be interesting to hear from your perspective from each other what you view as your spouse's strengths in ministry or their gifts, talents, um, things along those lines, um, how you see them being fruitful in ministry. So who wants to start? <laughs> Low? Oh, you know that? Oh. I get to start. What was the question? <laughs> Um, Cheryl is, um, we do outreaches uh, from Renton to Tacoma. We do a home group. Um, and um, Cheryl's strengths are, um, she's a real detailed person. Um, she doesn't like being on the stage right now. She does not like to be seen. She just likes to do she focuses on individual people, and they know they're loved, and they know they're important. Hmm. Awesome. I always refer to myself as a backup singer. <laughs> I don't <laughs> do that there. <laughs> um, 
Mole performs a lot more ministries, and that, as you know, he's involved here quite a bit. Mm -hmm. But his strength through his teaching and his preaching and his love for the Lord, and it all shows. Right. And right. he's not a bad husband either, so we're good. <laughs> Gifted husband. <laughs> okay. Okay, so Phil, um, I would say one of his greatest strengths is just that he is so loving and caring for people. He's really good at connecting with people and um, just making people feel comfortable. So he can go up to any strangers um, and make them feel comfortable and cared for. And so it makes him a great teacher and coach and just a disciple. Um, Emily has a lot of strengths, um, but the ones that came to mind are very caring. And she's always looking to do special things for people. Um, birthdays, whenever they come around, I always look at Emily because I know she's always going to come through and do something special for somebody. And um, she's very creative. And um, just if God ever puts anything on her heart, she really follows through on it and just never turns anything down. Once, once it's on her heart, she serves. It's awesome. Um, one thing I would say that's unique about Dusty as far as his strengths in ministry is uh, his, uh, his philosophy towards ministry, which is a quote that he came across, I don't know how many years ago, which is to do what others cannot or will not do. And mm -hmm. so whenever he's looking at, uh, at people, at ministries, at opportunities, because uh, there's always opportunities coming his way, is his is to sort of weed everything through that. It's like, is this something someone else could do? Uh, and if it is, then he'll let it pass by. But um, if it's like, oh, there's no one else that can step up to this. And so clearly God's bringing this to me mm. because he wants me to step forward and to take care of this. Um, wow. So I would say that that's been, that's been really uh, important to him. Like uh, we shared about Cheryl, Charlene is a true behind-the-scenes, hands-on service type of gal. Uh, she loves, loves to help. Uh, she's also a very thoughtful listener. Um, she's extremely well-read and has excellent theology. Um, I'm kind of a more upfront person, and mm -hmm. she makes sure that I say things that are actually accurate. Um, and she has a, a gift of giving wise advice. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so tonight we want to highlight um, the ministries or ministry that you've been involved in together. We've had conversations uh, with, you, with each one of you and um, know that you've been involved in ministry together and um, want to just hear what that is, uh, how the Lord led you into that, um, and you know, just give us a description about that and kind of what it's been like uh, for you as a couple. So, Lowell? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. See what I mean? <clears throat> we, and, and uh, take your time. We got time. Yeah. Uh, of course, we do a home group here, which we really enjoy. And then we do outreaches and any other manifestation of ministry that we can do. Um, people that we know are in the hospital or something, we will go and contact them. Um, Cheryl and I talked about these questions, and one of the things that occurred to me as you were talking, Paul, is um, our home is a ministry, and um, you're going to be asking frustrations in ministry, and um, 
Uh, Cheryl and I talked about it. Our greatest frustration is we don't have enough time for individual people. And when you're standing up in front of people doing things or with groups and so forth, there's not enough time for individual people. We like to have people into our home for a meal and be able to talk to them. And this can be a very stressful thing if you look at it wrong, but we don't entertain. That's, that's our goal, is to just get to know people and have a comfortable time with them without trying to impress them or you know do any of those things. Just be with them. Okay, so what, um, well, let's, let's, move, let's move on. We'll, we'll come back to you on that, okay? So the, the ministry is, is, the, is the home group. Well, no. That's, that's, we, that's one. We minister to um, people at Merrill Gardens in Renton and oh. in okay. Tacoma, which is the outreach groups. The so you do Bible studies group. at the senior studies. living yep. together. Yes. Okay. Okay. And that's fun. And there, we have a lot of graduates, but mm-hmm. we get to know the people quite well before the Lord takes them home. So they're more friends and family mm-hmm. than just people. Okay, awesome. Okay, so Phil and Emily, what, uh, what ministries or ministry are you involved in together? And what led up to that? Okay, um, I'll start. Well, um, we, in the church, we currently are serving in the children's ministry. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we're assistants, and um, hopefully, I think, you know, we're both teachers, too, so I think eventually maybe we'll teach if, it's ne- if, it's, if God puts it on our heart, but it's kind of fun now, just learning, and um, we get to be in our kids' classes, so that's fun. Um, and then we also... Uh, Phil co-led a daddy's group in the fall, and then I'm co-leading the mommy's group. So it's fun, even though we're not doing it together. We're still kind of um, encouraging each other, sort of on the same page, um, encouraging other mommies and daddies. So that's fun. Um, And in the past, we have done community meal hosts, and um, we've been greeters. We've done a lot of different things. Um, I think, I guess God's put on our heart a lot um, to serve sort of where he has us in our sphere of friends and our circle that we're in. Um, and Phil's going to talk a little bit more about that, just kind of how we also serve outside of the church. But um, we're trying to get more involved right now. We're kind of in a season. Our kids were are young and it's hard and we kind of took a season off and we're trying to get back in it because I think we both missed that. But we'll talk more about that later. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um... Like Emily said, we're, we're both teachers and coaches in the public schools, so there's a real lost world out there um, that we get to outreach to every day. Um, so we do have our servicing ministries in the church, but we also have them outside of the church too, which is really important. Um, I know I've got to connect with a lot of my runners that I coach on long runs and just talking about God with a lot of the team. Um, especially the Christians, but then you start to see other people kind of listen in that aren't Christians, and I've prayed for them before races. And, um, but the one that we've done together a lot is through Ultimate Frisbee. We both play on the same team, and um, when we were first starting to play together, we would just play with some friends and then just invite them over for lunch afterwards. And, um, you know, there were some non-believers in there, and then that eventually... Um, 
we'd play, and then we started getting a Bible study going, and then they were already involved in the group, and then they are like, well, we might as well, you know, see what's up, get some food, and then we started having the Bible study with that same group of some non-believers, and one of the guys in the group led worship at his church, so he'd bring his guitar out, and it was like we were having a church service amongst our friends, and it was just cool to just kind of bring in that community, um, because the Ultimate Frisbee is a very lost community, um, um, a lot of non-believers, so it's, it's just a good uh, sphere of influence that we have on a lot of people out there. So. Mm, cool. Right on. That's really cool. We just wanted to focus, uh, talk uh, our comments on our work with Crew, uh, formerly Campus Crusade for Christ. So uh, Crew is a, a student ministry on thousands of college campuses around the world. Um, and so Charlene and I are volunteer leaders, if you will, at Highline College right up the hill. Um, we got involved, um, started sort of as students. We were both deeply involved with uh, student ministries. Um, I was raised in a Christian family, and it helped uh, student ministry kind of helped me to make faith my own. And for Charlene, she was basically a baby believer coming to college, and she was discipled through campus ministry. So when I got uh, my position in... Uh, at Highline in 2001, uh, we were just looking for a way to give back. And so uh, week one on the job, there was a little fair and um, crew had a table and I went up and said, hey, I'm a new teacher and is there anything I can do to help? And they said, yeah, we need a new faculty advisor. Our last one retired. And I said, yeah, sure. And I signed on the piece of paper. And that's about how much thought went into it. <laughs> uh, made some notes. So 18 years later, 500 Bible studies, hundreds of students in the home, thousands of pieces of pizza, 10,000 miles flown, about the same driven, six months away from home and various trips, you know, hundreds of spiritual conversations later, going, man, I had no idea what we were getting into, and if we had known, probably would have run screaming, so it's, a, it's kind of a good thing. Um, I think I answered the yeah, question. What do, what do you do? What do I do? Um, what do we, together? Yeah, or, you know... There's a lot there. Yeah. Uh, so let me answer by way of a story. So when it started, I was just simply I was a faculty advisor, and so I'd sign off on piece of papers, pieces of paper, and go off, go to meetings. Uh, and over time, I got a lot more buy-in, and so I would go to more stuff, and I was more involved with students and going to retreats, and um, and all the and I would be talking about these things at home. And at the same time, we were having small children, like you guys were talking about, and Charlene was getting more and more frustrated. Like, how do you argue with somebody doing ministry? But at the same time, this is, just seems like it uh, uh, wasn't working, and I was a very intuitive husband that was completely clueless. Uh, and uh, about the time when our youngest turned two, Charlene just sort of had this realization that this was not working and something needed to change. And so she's like, well, I can argue, you know, can sort of fight against this, or if you can't lick them, join them. And so uh, her mom started to come down and watch the kids once a week. And so most, most weeks, Charlene would come and join us for the weekly meeting and Bible studies. Um, and over time, that's grown. And so most of those trips and activities have been since Charlene mm -hmm. um, started being able to participate. So now 
um, in this last year, for example, of course, all the Bible studies, Charlene's been discipling girls. Mm -hmm. We did a, took students on a missions trip to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. uh, usually we try to bring our kids places if we can. Um, yeah, so retreats went out sharing on campus and starting spiritual conversations with people. So mm -hmm. kind of the, the whole gamut uh, of ministry, um, most of it, I would say most of it together, although doing different things kind of in the, mm -hmm. in the actual day-to-day -day nuts and bolts of it. Okay, cool. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, so Lowell and Cheryl, let's go back to you, and, and I'd like to go through around the horn again here with another question, a follow-up question. Uh, you've served together as husband and wife for many years um, with the home group, uh, people in your home going through Bible studies. I know you, you uh, often have meals there, right? Um, you're, you're praying for people. You're, I know you, you follow up when there's pastoral care needs, you're calling people, um, doing that, and then you, you have Bible studies as well, outreaches with the seniors. So what are the advantages um, to being in this, involved in the same ministry together as husband and wife? I mean, we looked at tonight how God, God has, a, has a purpose for marriage to be a, a visible representation, and um, that, that is probably... Uh, m speaks the loudest to people as we're reaching out to others and we're caring about others. We're loving others and serving others as, as couples uh, in, in that view of marriage. But um, what, are, are the, what are advantages of being in it together as opposed to by myself? You know, Proverbs 31 says, um, her husband trusts in her and I trust in Cheryl. Um, just her feedback is priceless. And she sees things that I, I'm totally oblivious to. I mean, it's, it's blatant and flagrant, and I don't get it. And so um, um, encouragement and correction, you know, she tells me things I don't want to hear. And um, to me, that's priceless, to have that perspective and that relationship comes out of a relationship mm -hmm. and so yes. that's good good job okay did you have other anything else no it's just that we have like Lowell said feedback we can talk to each other about mm -hmm. what we just experienced in whatever we're doing mm -hmm. and that is priceless yeah. right yeah okay in ministry particularly in preaching teaching ministry it's not always a matter of what you say, it's how you say it. And she will say to me, you looked angry through the whole message, <laughs> you know? And I didn't know I was. Mm -hmm. And I need to know that. Mm -hmm. I need to know how, you have to know how you're coming across. Yes, right. Amen. Okay. Anybody else? Uh, what, what, what are the advantages of being in it together? Um, I think same, similar um, answer. I think also just um, some things we do, you know, we step out in faith and it's nice to kind of do it together and it takes away a little bit of that fear and I think it just grows a deeper marriage. I think you experience those challenges or new things together and I think, you know, you get to know God better, it draws you near Him and I think it draws you closer to each other and I think we've seen that a lot when we've done new kind of ways of serving and um, 
just like I said, we did the community meal and that was intimidating when we were table hosts because we had never done that. But we were like, we're going to do it together. And it was really, we were, you know, so blessed by that ministry. And um, just like Phil was saying with our ultimate Frisbee community, we've really tried to be intentional and reach out to them um, and encourage each other because there's times it's been discouraging and it's, you know, they don't want to hear what we have to say or they, you know, kind of mock us. And so it's like mm -hmm. nice to be in it together and encourage each other and push each other along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to kind of add on to that, um, Emily's really good about getting me out of my comfort zone. I tend to be kind of a comfortable, relaxed kind of guy. And it's hard sometimes to get put myself out there and fear, fear of failure um, and just feeling inadequate. And Emily just pushes me and challenges me to just go out there and let God be there for you. And he's faithful and, and he has been. And um, so I think there's a lot of things I want to done as far as ministry, if it wasn't for Emily and with her doing the mommy's group, it prompted me to like do the daddy's group. And Garrett came to me and asked if I wanted to co-lead. And I was like, uh, well, Emily did it. Okay. I can do it. But it was, it took you, you know, like seeing your, your, your um, examples to like get me out of my comfort zone. So. Awesome. I think there's a ton of advantages uh, of doing ministry together. Uh, for us, I, I think with crew, if one of us was doing it without the other, there would be so much time apart and so many untold relationships that were apart. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but doing it together means that all of this ministry is actually time together, which means, I mean, I'm at work, I'm being paid to be there with my wife. She's there as a volunteer, I'm there as faculty advisor, and, and, we're, go and we're leading a Bible study together, or we're going on, you know, we're taking students on a trip, and instead of, me, instead of it being the equivalent of a business trip, it's now us taking students to do ministry together, and mm -hmm. it's, a, it's also a time for our family to be together. Mm -hmm. Now, that creates its own set of challenges, which Char will talk about <laughs> in a moment. But I think the together bit is huge. Mm -hmm. um, I think another part is we're very different, um, and I think there's been a fair amount of talk about kind of complementary uh, roles, but I think that that's been really huge um, because, uh, like has been said before, I just have a lot of blind spots. Mm. And so having Charlene is, has been big. Um, another thing is I'm kind of, probably have noticed I'm, I'm a guy. Um, and roughly half the students that we work with are not guys. Mm. And so this is just having Charlene a part of the ministry has created so many opportunities for um, kind of for speaking into, into students' lives. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's, been a, that's been a really cool thing. Uh, one direct benefit that I don't think has really come up is we've done so many of these trips with our children. Mm. Um, and it's been when they're later. I think the first one was 2014, so our youngest would have been maybe eight. So we had a couple more years. Uh, but we've done these trips together, and so it hasn't just been us ministering. Um, we we've always been sort of afraid of our children feeling like they're ministry orphans. Mm. Um, and so they get to go, they get, they have so many friends that are college students. 
um, and they've been encouraged and challenged by the the students. And I think that it's, it gives us the sense that we're we have people that are supporting supporting us and supporting their spiritual growth mm-hmm. um, that they look up to. You know that that we can. It's it's like we're discipling the students, but the, the students are discipling our kids mm-hmm. uh, in some ways. And so, yeah. um, I mentioned all those nights away. We haven't. We really haven't had that many family quote unquote vacations over the last last years. They've. It's just that family trips have been ministry trips. Mm-hmm. And so, what does it look like? Oh, it means you go somewhere and you talk about Jesus and you do a service mm-hmm. project while you're mm-hmm. doing it, and it happens to be in a really cool location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I just wanted to point out one thing. So you guys mentioned doing table hosting at community meal together. Yeah. So we tried that and that like epically failed because Dusty loves table hosting. And I like, I tried twice and both times it epically failed. I I went home. I was in bed the rest of the day. I was so completely drained. (laughs) Um, so not to say that every any time you can find a ministry together that that's the right thing to do because right. it doesn't always work, but it's good to still keep trying and, and to find something that does. So. Right, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're suggesting a commonality of purpose as husband and wives, retaining our uniqueness as we looked at, right? We retain our uniqueness. We're unique individuals. We have different gifts, different talents, different strengths, maybe even different passions. But so serving in the same ministry doesn't necessarily mean serving alongside each other or in the same way, right? Uh, one could be at a table, one could be in the kitchen or wherever you want to be, right? Uh, but, but you go home talking about the community meal and, and praying together for the community meal and encouraging each other. Yeah, if I, if I could add one thing, Cheryl and I are alike on the community meal. Uh, I do it, she doesn't. Um, I left out probably the most significant ministry that we do together. We read together from the scriptures and we read other things and we pray together. And the only time we do it in the mornings and the only time we don't do it is like Saturday morning when I'm here for prayer. And it's really a sacrifice because our prayer time together is important. And when you look at Cheryl and I's life, it does not work. It, it can't happen. But we agree together in prayer. We may disagree other places and function there, but we agree in prayer. And we reach around the world and into people's lives in prayer. So I think that is probably our most significant ministry. Awesome. Okay. In the living room. Let's turn a little bit of a corner and have some of you talk about what are some challenges that need to be overcome as in, in serving in the same ministry as husband and wife. Charlene, you're getting the mic. <clears throat> There's something on the tip of Dusty's tongue, but, but you get the mic. No, we, we talked about it beforehand. Okay. He was going to talk about which ones. So he was like, oh, these ones are yours. Okay. Because you have better so answers. So what challenges need to be overcome? Um, so, I mean, I think he wanted me to answer this one because the a lot of the challenges that we have faced have been things that were, have been more my challenges, mm. um, specifically as a stay-at-home mom with my kids and, and wanting to start doing ministry and wanting to reach out and, um, 
uh, and start working with crew because um, I felt very strongly that my first ministry was to them and to take care of them and to be there for them. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, Lord, if, if you want me to do this, then you're going to have to show me a way that I don't feel like I'm ditching my kids so I can serve the Lord. Mm. Um, you know, and, and he answered that by my mom had time to then come down once a week. I was like, oh, they get to hang out with their grandma. Um, and, and that was the way that the Lord really answered that challenge. Mm. Um, another challenge that we've found uh, with leading students is, is sort of how to, how to lead well together when we're having conflict as a couple, mm-hmm. which, you know, there's been once or twice that that's mm. happened. Um, I can't imagine it, but... <laughs> well, yeah, but it does actually happen. Um, and, uh, and just trying to work through that and trying to sort of put, put our own needs aside, you know, for the moment, mm-hmm. not to say, okay, these, whatever the issue is isn't important or isn't, doesn't need to be discussed, but how to set that aside for the moment to sort of for the, the greater goal and the immediate goal mm-hmm. um, and, um, and just how to work through that. That's mm-hmm. definitely been... Okay. A challenge okay. that we've that we've had to deal with. Right. Just the one other note is the question was about challenges of ministering as a couple. Yeah. Ministry is challenging. Yeah. That's its own question. Mm-hmm. But this the focus was on what makes ministry challenging. Yeah, that wasn't your question. Yeah, but you're, I'm, you, yeah, I invite I'm, you to answer the question. <laughs> uh, that's easy. Well, there's a couple things: um, people, mm-hmm. sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The, the devil. Yeah. <laughs> right. The flesh. You're, you're a, okay. Yeah. We don't Good have point. those problems. I think you should give the mic to Cheryl right now because you're a challenge, I can tell. But anybody else, what, what, any challenges? How do you overcome challenges in being in ministry together? What, what are some challenges that need to be overcome? How do you overcome them? I think for us, um, I mean, it was easier serving. I mean, not easier, but before we had kids, it was just different. We had more time. We could do, you know, what we wanted. Then we had two young kids, and that's changed things a lot for us. It's just challenging when they go to bed at, you know, 7 o'clock, and they, you know, they nap at certain times, and our daughter just screams sometimes mm-hmm. in the nursery, if you've heard her, or the, she's in the twos and threes. Anyways, mm-hmm. our kids, have, they, that's made it challenging, and then just being busy, and just filling our time with other things, and trying to, I think for us, just prioritizing, that's been the thing we always have to go back to, you know, and I think for a time, I, when we first had our well, I guess when we had our second, it was really hard. I felt like I was, I, I just kind of stopped serving and stopped getting out. And it was, I really put a toll on me and I realized just how important it was to serve. And it is important to serve my family, but it's, for me, I really needed to get out and serve the community and serve our church. And um, I just, I had to find a way. So mm-hmm. um, I found just things I could do as a mom or cooking meals for people. That was just one way I found a way that I could get out, and I could do it on my own schedule, and just, I know that's the next question, I'm jumping ahead, <laughs> but what you can do, so, but Phil, you might. Yeah, um, yeah I'd say just, like you kind of talked about, just prioritizing what's most important, mm-hmm. and um, 
coaching, for example, I love, but it's, it's tough because I'm, Saturdays I'm gone all day. So I've talked to Emily about maybe not coaching next year mm-hmm. um, or one more year the following year, even though, you know, it is a ministry, but it's really taking up a lot of my time and I'm not able to serve here as much because teach, coach during the week and then coach on Saturdays. And um, so it's just, I think it's just trying to prioritize what's most important and how I can best be used by God. And that's, that's a challenge is just trying to balance all that out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, time is always a challenge. And um, Cheryl and I are old, so everything is a challenge, you know. <laughs> and uh, trying to remember things is a challenge and to keep appointments and those kind of things. Um, talking about this, one of the things that is really getting to us is the amount of travel that's involved. We're personally wearing out 167 Highway 18 and I-5. Mm. And um, it, it really gets to you when you get older, mm-hmm. but it is worth it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I have one more question. And um, this, uh, for the sake of time, we need to start wrapping things up. But if there's one thing from this evening that you want to highlight... One thing that you want to emphasize, one thing that you want for couples that are listening to encourage them in, in fulfilling that purpose, higher purpose for marriage, in, in um, being that representation to others, in serving together, um, what, what would you say? What would you say to couples who are listening? What encouragement would you have? What, what would you want to highlight this evening? Um, just getting out of your comfort zone and just watching God work. And once you're out there, just he'll, he'll provide for you and he's faithful. And you won't really know that until you put yourself out there. And it helps having a great wife to give you the nudge. Do not expect your spouse to be perfect. You are not trying to entertain or impress anyone. Just love people, love one another, and trust one another, and plan on growing, and accept mistakes as a part of growing. Okay, good. Yeah. It's not a performance, right? It's not for the praises of men. Nope. We're, ser- we're serving the Lord, right? Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Um, I think one thing that I uh, that I would want to say is um, sort of being aware of seasons in your life. I mean, like you guys were kind of what you guys do now, um, like we're sort of all doing different things and it's where God has us. Mm. But, you know, 10 years ago, what we were doing all looked different, mm-hmm. you know, and 10 years from now, it'll look different still. Right. It's like we're all we're all in different seasons of life, mm. um, whether that's our own age, our own where we're at, our kids, um, the needs of family mm-hmm. and job and all of that. And I think so not not ever feeling like my ministry has to look like somebody else's ministry mm-hmm. because it just may be that we're just in different seasons of life right. and, uh, and that's just not where God has us at that point. And just keep going with, with what's right in front of you. Yeah. I think building on that idea of what's right in front of you, uh, just look for the ministry opportunities that are 
right in front of you. I mean, mine's at my job. You are already playing ultimate frisbee. Uh, so you're, these things are already happening. Um, find ways to serve the Lord right where you're at, where he's placed you, mm-hmm. and then look for ways to do it together. Uh, and it'll, if you're doing things together, it will stand out. Yeah. I mean, that alone will be a ministry. And it's interesting because the students, I think about it, our students don't necessarily realize how strange it is. But coworkers know how strange it is, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and um, I would assume the same is true in kind of the the parallel um, parallel ministries. But yeah, yeah. Don't don't try to make yourself somebody else. Yeah, do what the Lord has right in front of you. Amen. Well, thank you guys. It's uh, it's been a great evening to hear from you guys and your hear about your marriages, hear about your uh, service, your serving experience. And I hope uh, you who are listening, I hope you're encouraged tonight. I hope, uh, as I said earlier, that our eyes have been elevated um, to see God's higher purpose for marriage that transcends, as we, as we discussed, uh, the, the pursuit of happiness and all the other, thing, other reasons why we get married, which are great. But to, uh, to think of marriage being meant for a missional, a spiritual endeavor, a, a kingdom purpose, um, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's no greater opportunity, I think, uh, than a marriage that is honoring to the covenant as, that we discussed, honoring to God's design, and then desiring to portray who he is by how we love each other and how we love others. So Lowell, as the senior elder on stage, would you pray for us? Uh, and then we'll close our evening together. Amen. Father, we thank you that you love us. And you know very well every one of our imperfections. You see the need to grow. And Lord, you function in order to bring about that growth, even in the, in the most difficult and heartbreaking times. And so, Lord, we just present ourselves to you, our marriages to you. And Father, we, we ask, as those disciples said, teach us to pray. Lord, tonight, we just ask that you would teach us to love. Help us to, to um, stop insisting that other people meet our terms and to humble ourselves and to love others. Mm-hmm. We just thank you for our spouses, those of us who are married and, Lord, we pray that in, in this relationship that you have brought us to, that you would bear much fruit. Mm. We pray for those who are single, Lord, perhaps young people, that you would just guide them, that they could prepare their hearts in holiness, understanding that the attitudes and the morals that they develop now will impact their future lives. Mm-hmm. And we just pray that you would give them wisdom and patience that they may wait upon you and allow you to bring about that which is good. I just thank you for this time this evening. Mm -hmm. Thank you for Pastor Paul and Trudy and their marriage and the great fruit that you have borne in our lives through them and the marriages of others here in this fellowship for Pastor Kevin and Charlotte. We just thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. We humble ourselves before you. Mm-hmm. And we pray, Lord, that whatever we say, whatever we do, that it may be a blessing and an encouragement to someone else. Mm-hmm. 
Lord, we just love you and thank you for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you yet shall do through mm. our humble lives. Mm -hmm. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.